Thank you for listening to Bishop Chronicles. Bishop Chronicles is a podcast on stoic resilience and the art of not quitting. Now, here is your host, Adisa the Bishop. Peace. It's time to holler at a scholar. You know what I'm saying? This is Bishop Chronicles, Adisa Banjoko. We chilling. But not really, right? Because all this stuff in the Ukraine is really upsetting the planet. It's not good. It's really ugly. Um, I'll let everybody do their own research, but like Russia is acting like a narcissistic ex-partner. You know what I'm saying? Set tripping outside, throwing up gang signs, talking about peace, you know, ratcheting up war. You know what I'm saying? Like it's hell of crazy and unfortunate. Um, It's really stressful. I know a lot of people around the world seriously, who are losing sleep over this, who are starting to smoke and drink more over this. And, you know, I don't think the planet is really checking for war at all, not just in the Ukraine, but anywhere, right? Like, you know, like, has anybody ever done the ROI, the return on investment in war? You know, I've really thought about, like, people running the numbers on peace, because I know they say that war makes big money. But I feel like if If war makes big money, peace has got to make more money because if you got peace, you got more opportunity for business. If you got more opportunity for business, you got more opportunity to get paid. Dollar, dollar, bill, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so now that I've said all that, I just really do want to say we got to support the Ukraine front, back, side to side. You know what I'm saying? you know, if you feel like your politicians aren't behind the Ukrainian people handling their business, you need to holler at them and be like, I feel like you're not doing enough. And even if you feel like they are doing enough, you should do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? So they do some more. Um, but, you know, I, I, I have Ukrainian students um, at uh, and Russian students. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think it's really cool that we've all kind of emerged in this way that, you know, we know when a president, leader, dictator, whatever, wages war on some other place, that we now know that just because the leadership is making this choice, that doesn't mean that the people support that choice. You know what I mean? Um, Man, this world is nuts. Um, But, you know, uh, reach out and make sure that you you have love for for the Ukrainian people. You know what I'm saying? But that said... uh, I'm happy to see the Ukrainian people fight against injustice. I'm happy to see them stand their ground against an unjust oppressor. That said, not just for the Ukrainians right now, but anybody else listening, of all backgrounds, etc. Next time you see blacks standing up against injustice, yeah. Stand up with that same kind of volume you got for the Ukrainians. Next time you see Latinos saying they shouldn't be putting our people in cages on the border. Who cares about the politics left or right? Get them out. Sign up with that same volume of support. When you see Asians being like, yo, hashtag stop Asian hate. We're not having the abuse of our elders. We're not having these crazy random attacks. You know what I'm saying? Nah, we standing up, we fighting back, we doing whatever. Have that volume up. You feel me? 
Let's just keep it real. Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, same thing. When you see people being unjustly uh, uh, harmed, you need to stand up. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. So I got love for the Ukrainians. And on that quick sidebar, you know, if you're a Ukrainian and you're feeling the love right now, I need you to do your boy a favor and check in with anybody you can back in the homeland and see what can be done to get these Nigerian students, these Somalian students, and these other African students out of the country, right? Like, I've seen a lot of videos that are troubling where black people can't get out of the country, right? And you got to let your leadership know it's not their fault we're in a war. We need to get them out safely. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is important. You know, this is important. Uh, and another thing that's really interesting is that I think like on the black side of this coin, so I'm looking as a, as African-American, right? And I'm like, why can't we get them out of there? Right? And what I really realize is that, you know, as much as black people have talked about empowerment and pan-Africanism and all these things that are necessary and beautiful to me, um, I'm really struggling with the lack of black infrastructure. Like, I'm surprised that not one leader from one African country should be like, all Africans who are stuck over there right now, come here. I got a plane for you. We got food for you. We got whatever. We got the money. Are we we going to have a train sent just for you? So, like, I'm just uh, ashamed of whatever we call black leadership or whatever black leadership calls itself right now. You can't do nothing for them African students? For shame. For shame. But this is, for those that read black history, what the great group Burning Spear called Marcus Garvey's words have come to pass. Yeah, go look that song up. Marcus Garvey's words have come to pass. Ridiculous. That's us right now. Been us since long before that song even actually existed. But, you know, we need to handle our infrastructure. Because in these times, you already know, in war times and selfish times, right? The first law of nature is self-preservation. You understand me? If the show doesn't help you, change the station. None of y'all can even quote that. You don't listen to rap music. My point is, my real point is, that Marcus Garvey's words have come to pass. We don't have the infrastructure, you know, to help our own people. And because the first law of nature is self-preservation, stuff gets ugly quick. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, as we make, you know, the proper calls for peace and resolution with the Russians and Ukrainians, it is um, such a powerful thing to see the Ukrainians doing such a good job against the Russian military. It is impressive. Did you see that that one pilot they say is called like the 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 ghost pilot or something? He just be taking all the Russians out the sky. That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> That's so dope. You know what I'm saying? I love stuff like that. He needs a documentary on Lifetime or a movie. Don't do a documentary on Lifetime. Those are always horrible, aren't they? Um, I love to see the Ukraine. I just saw this thing where they said these Ukrainian farmers were trapping. Um, we're trapping uh, tanks and, like, gaffling them up. That's so dope. I love it, right? But I do want to say this. This is super, this is, this is super important. Um, to see how 
strong the Ukrainian people are being, how unified they are, how committed they are, and how they're they're foiling the army, you know, at every turn, or not at every turn, but in many turns, right? And people thought Russia was just going to run in there and punk people, and it didn't happen. Why is this happening, right? I want everybody to read two books as soon as they can. One is The Art of Peace, then The Art of War. First, The Art of Peace, then The Art of War. Uh, the Art of Peace is by O Sensei and The uh, Art of War is by Sun Tzu but here's the deal this, this thing that you're witnessing from the Ukrainians strategically in The Art of War is known as Death Ground so this is from um, Robert Greene's 33 Strategies of War Okay, this is important right here um, this quote right here When you will survive if you fight quickly and perish if you do not, this is called death ground. Put them in a spot where they have no place to go and they will die before fleeing. If they are to die there, what can they not do? Warriors exert their full strength. When warriors are in great danger, then they will have no fear. When there was nowhere to go, they are firm. When they are deeply involved, they stick to it. When they have no choice, they will fight. Where are the Ukrainians supposed to go? Huh? Where are they supposed to go? They're going to put it down. And they're going to keep housing the Russians. And I'm loving it. And I hope that other people who struggle in different parts of the world, you think about this opportunity that they're showing you. This potential, not so much an opportunity. Yeah, an opportunity to uh, understand your potential. Death ground is real. Death ground is real. Sun Tzu, art of war. You know what I'm saying? It's a big deal. This is why when people fight back against injustice, all I can do is salute them. If I know it's real, I know they didn't do nothing. I know it's undeserved. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And, you know, the Russian people, they don't want this. This is just Putin tripping, you know. And, you know, if you are frustrated by this war, show your hands, put your hands up. If you're frustrated by this war, you need to study war. Sun Tzu, Art of War, Art of Peace, O Sensei, Machiavelli, The Prince, and more importantly... Castruccio Castracani of Luca. Read that. Real G's. Anybody can talk about the prince because they listen to Tupac and now they act like, you know what I mean? So what Niccolo was saying in the sec, you don't really read about this stuff, bro. Have a seat. You know what I'm saying? I'm proud of you because reading is fundamental, my G. But there's more to it. Castruccio Castracani of Luca. Um, you got to read that. You know what I'm saying? You got to study Confucian military stuff. You got to look at, 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 at movies like Red Cliff. You know what I mean? And other, other films that deal with strategy. You know what I'm saying? Um, Jet Li's Hero. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not even a martial arts film. Jet Li's Hero is deep. Um, but I do want to say, in all seriousness, and, and this is important to me, that it always makes sense to be for nonviolence. You know, I started using this hashtag, all sides lose. Because I believe that. 
when I was talking about the ROI earlier, like I'm serious. I don't see the benefit of war. Unless you come in ready to invest like 10 times the money you're about to spend to kill, war ain't never worked for nobody. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. And we need to be for, 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 for nonviolence, right? Because look how we treat the soldiers, even in America, just America. You know what I'm saying? It's shameful. Walter Reed and all that stuff. You know, that happens everywhere in every city. You know the veterans in your, in your um, area don't get respect. Not the way they should. They don't get the money they should. They don't get the mental health care. They don't get the, the physical health care they should. Their families aren't really taking care of that good. It's shameful. Shameful. You know? And I don't like the military-industrial com complex and all the people who benefit in the private military. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not good. It's not good. I'm not feeling it. However, the problem that we have in most of the Western world, especially in, in, in America, is this idea that when those who speak against war speak, they speak like hippies and weirdos. And you're talking to people who make war and have deep philosophies, man. And it's like you're not speaking the same language. When you come through pushing the flower in the end of the barrel of a gun, hey, man, I mean, we could do some stuff together, brother. Listen to what I'm saying, man. Shut up, bro. Get off me. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. We got to have, we got to raise the bar for ourselves on both sides of this debate. Okay? But what I'm saying is to those that really embrace nonviolence, to those that really want peace, you have to study war. Not just for the greater understanding of the toll of war or everything else, even for your own arguments against it. But you got to learn to speak the language of the warrior. When you come through too hard on the peacenik level, but you're not speaking to a warrior in his own language, it makes him not feel able to identify with you. And those words don't reach. They simply don't reach. Right. So how can we look deeper into this? Let me give you like a practical thing, because like, look, I know I just mentioned the art of war, art of peace and Machiavelli. Right. But I'm going to tell you about something that most Americans don't talk about. And I still think it's one of the most boggling things about modern politics is how this isn't mentioned every time war comes up. For America. After Vietnam, you know, we took massive casualties in Vietnam, you know. And as much as America seems to love war, a guy named Casper Weinberger decided that he wanted to come up with kind of a litmus test of things that would determine whether or not they should go to war because Vietnam took such a toll on the American military. He was like, we don't want to do that again. So he created, and I want you to look this up, people. I'm not playing. I'm serious. This thing called the Weinberger Doctrine. The Weinberger Doctrine. So 
it's this whole outline and in it's crazy because there's a there's a book that I had that had the whole Weinberger doctrine in it but I don't have it in front of me but here's what I'm gonna tell you the Weinberger doctrine was dope great in intention and pretty great in scope however there were certain aspects of it after you read it to uh, after you read it you will see that there are parts of it that conflict with each other right so then later, Colin Powell came up with the Powell Doctrine, and his idea was to kind of scrape some of those things out and kind of give it a, a more modern scope. And I think this happened right before whatever, what was it, Desert Shield or Desert Storm? I don't, Enduring Freedom? I'm, I don't remember which battles right now. I'm not the coldest historian um, all the time, especially with American stuff. Um, but, so... Now there's, you know, the Powell Doctrine and the Weinberger Doctrine. Anytime America's talking about going to war, they got to comb through the, 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 the Weinberger Doctrine or, or, or the Powell Doctrine. And based off the Weinberger Doctrine, there was a book I, I got from a great friend, the homie Ali. And uh, there's a book, big as a, big as a phone book, and it's called Masters of War. Only a few of you will go buy it, and not even 90% even of those will read it. It is a big book. And it's very academic, okay? But what it shows in there by Michael I. Handel, H-A-N-D-E-L. Michael I. Handel is probably one of the greatest American military writers, and he gets no love. He died before 9-11. Um, but that book is, is mind-blowing. Um, and what it shows you, uh, among other things, is that uh, I think of all the wars we've been in since uh, since... Vietnam, all the stuff like in Grenada and all these other... I think only one of them met the criterion to go to war. But if you don't know about... If you don't know about the Weinberger Doctrine and you come in with your new patchouli oil, you know what I'm saying? And and you made your cardboard sign, you know what I'm saying? You got your, your drum circle homies ready to go. If you can't talk about the Weinberger Doctrine, you can't really debate a warrior about war, at least not in America. But if you said, excuse me, in the Weinberger Doctrine, it says that these things need to be in order for us to go to war. Those things aren't in order. They, they're not happening. And I don't even agree with this one and this one. And those two actually go against each other. But what I'm saying is I'm trying to preserve your life when you don't go to war. I want your family, your wife, your kids to have you around. And so that you should only defend this country when you really have to. Because I don't want you to die for nothing. I don't want you to die for these corporations that influence our politicians on the right and the left. I don't want you to not celebrate more wedding anniversaries because I can see how much you love your wife. See, now we're arguing different. Now, do you, do you believe in the, in the, in the uh, Weinberger Doctrine? Or do you think that Powell got it better? I think these are things that we should add to it or take out of it. Now you're speaking in the way of a warrior and the warrior feels loved, heard, understood, and cared about. And the conversation, you know, can be more authentic. Listen, when I talk to you, you're just not talking to some stoic dude that does jujitsu and likes yoga and tea, although I do love some tea. I just made some green matcha that's 
fantastic. I picked it up while in London. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but like, uh, I'm not. I'm not here to like prove anything or anything. What I'm trying to tell you do is really look into these documents, read these books, and learn how to think in these ways when you speak against war. So that when you do, you're speaking the language of someone who studied it, and you're not just a flower carrying weirdo. You know. A lot of these people just don't care at the top. They don't care. And they don't believe you know war. So they don't even feel like they can have a conversation with you. So when you study war in the pursuit of peace and the preservation of their lives and their families, right? Everything changes, man. Everything changes. But if we're not taking ourselves seriously in the condemnation of it and we're not even in the support of it or the or 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 in our condemnation of of the benefits from prior wars that shouldn't have happened right like we've got to do better man I think it was Marcus Aurelius he said if you can look at humanity for 40 years you can basically see what happens throughout the course of forever. And isn't that the case? No matter what happens, we can make iPhones, we can have space stations, we can have Hubble telescopes and do all this stuff, but we can't stop killing each other. Now it can be for this religion every couple hundred years and that one for the next. It can be because of melanin contents. They're too dark, they're too light, their eyes are too like this. Their face is too like that. The nose, the lips, the hips. Come on, man. This is ridiculous. We, we always find a reason and a way to kill. Right? Even if we could all be the same color, same eyes, same whatever. The tall ones, they're overdoing it. Let's get rid of them. The short ones, right? The eye colors, like we always find a reason. The hand wrinkle. <sighs> Right. And it is so stressful, you know, but I have my faith in, in peace and I have my faith that there's so much condemnation for the war politically and socially all over the world. I just don't think that this is going to is going to work too long. However, I do worry about Putin trying to do something desperate because he I, I just think he's like I just think he feels like the world's overshadowing him. Right. He used to be this world leader that everybody cared about. Not so much anymore. China's kind of in the building. You know what I'm saying? A lot of other countries are doing exciting things. And I think that he's feeling kind of, you know what I'm saying, kind of boxed out. So he's trying to, you know, stamp his feet and kick around a bit. And, and, and he's overdoing it, you know. But I, I worry that um, because the death ground strategy is so fully embodied by the Ukrainian people, like how desperate is he to look like a winner? Will he do something, you know, ungodly, man? Which he has already proven himself to be totally capable of doing. Look how he's treated the Chechens. You know, but these, you know, this is the thing, right? It's like nobody cares until it's them. When the Chechens were dying back in the day, you know what I'm saying? You didn't even know that they existed. You didn't care. Only reason you care about Putin now is because he's dealing with you, but... You know, we got to be better at empathy, man. We got to be better. 
we we gotta we gotta shut these wars down because the technology is too great and the ability to heal mentally socially in the way the planet's already been devastated by war you know we gotta do better but you know until we can all you can do is build your gratitude don't get caught up watching the news all the time try to talk to ukrainian people that you know so you can get a sense of what's really happening to their families you know and uh you know show your emotional support or whatever you can to them because it's tough but you know i think i think the ukrainian people will prevail in a beautiful way i don't know how much uglier it's going to get or how much longer it's going to get but i do believe that the that the Ukrainian people will prevail in a beautiful way, you know? So, um, thank you for listening. I know this was a weird conversation, but um, these are weird times. Very weird times. But I only want the best for you and yours. And uh, stay strong, stay healthy, stay stoic with it. And um, be well until next time. Uh, we're going to look into... Uh, conquering fear conquering fear I've been struggling man not with fear but with like my diet's trash these days <laughs> my diet is so trash I just ate all these red vines man I've been eating gummy bears like all week it is out of pocket <laughs> so I just I'm just saying that so that you know like oh Deese is out there doing jujitsu. he's trying to be so fit man I be falling off you know what I'm saying? I haven't fallen off like this in a long time, but it's horrible. Anyway, I'm out of here. Much love and peace. I'll out of Scala. Oh, before I go, um, I wanted to say that I was on a really dope podcast called The New Nomos, N-O-M-O-S, N-O-M-O-S. It's totally crazy and good. You should definitely, um, definitely, definitely, definitely um, cop that. Check that out. I don't really always talk about my life, but I talked about my life on that one, and it was just such a fun conversation with uh, Abdullah Dutton, you know? And finally, I want to thank all of the listeners, and I want to thank all my new followers on TikTok. You know, I'm really grateful for all the sharing you guys are doing, and I hope that you share more. And don't forget to go to the Facebook page because I put some stuff on Death Ground up on that page for you to marinate in. Okay? All right now. You know how we do.